0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: fans. Welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Signed Sun by along with the coach with the most coming ass from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite all-time part of offense is the post, Coach Mike Jones. Real quick before we jump into it, if you are looking for some professional wrestling today in Greenfield, Indiana, you have FEW. Also in Phoenix, Arizona, some Lucha Libre happening today. Make sure you get out there and support if you have a wrestling near you. But without any further ado, I am pleased to introduce to you our guest is the Outcast, Damon Dante. Damon, thank you so much for being here with us today.
0: Thank you for allowing me. I'm very blessed and
1: very grateful for the opportunity. Our pleasure to have you here. Now, since it is your first time with us, I will lead you off today with our first-timer question. How did you get into the business of professional wrestling?
0: Well, um, it started out with a group of friends and I, long lifelong uh, fans of wrestling, and we wanted to finally indulge ourselves in the business that we've loved our entire lives. So uh, based out of... Uh, near Scranton, Pennsylvania, we found a training center called Backbreakers Entertainment. And after three years of training and making memories that have lost a lifetime, I uh, finally shot out into the scene. And next month in August will be one year since I graduated from
1: that class. Getting into pro wrestling, did you have any type of background that prepared you for the training? Did you have any type of athletic background or a theatrical background or even a business background that was going to prepare you for what pro wrestling is?
0: Um, so I had some athletic ability. Uh, I did a lot of sports throughout my school tenure, uh, including amateur wrestling, which gave me a little bit of ability with grappling. Um, I did parkour for a few years as well, which gave me the ability to do flippy things. And um, basically, I've always been an artist. Um, It's just who I've been always. So when it comes to being a larger-than-life character and donning the face paint and just the demeanor that I have, it all just kind of meshed and flow right together. I already knew exactly what I wanted to be when I got to that scene because I just had that vision for a while. I just didn't have the skills to put it into reality yet. Um, So those would be the things that I know for certain I walked into the business prepared for.
1: Are you being in the Pennsylvania area, uh, that is a place that is filled with wrestling history. The WWWF used to run in Pennsylvania very regularly. They did their television shows out of Hamburg, Pennsylvania. Bruno Sammartino had a promotion in Pittsburgh. ECW was based in Pennsylvania. The steroid trials got their start in Pennsylvania because of the Pennsylvania blue bunch. Sorry?
2: You cut out for a minute. Do we lose you? Uh, I can hear you
1: guys. Oh, okay. There we go. There we got you. There we go. So I was um, asking if you know much for the history of pro wrestling in Pennsylvania.
0: Um, as far as the history of it, I know not as much as you as you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know as much as you have listed off. But a lot of the uh, ECW, uh, that's part I did know. Um, I actually just learned that today about the steroid trial. That's news to me. Being a lifelong fan, I never knew that.
1: To my knowledge, Pennsylvania still does have a commission to this day, and wrestling is dictated a lot of by uh, and also representatives uh some states only care that you send them twenty dollars once a year. How involved are you, as far as dealing with the athletic commission, so far in your career?
0: I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily uh, had any. I wouldn't say I've had any real, true involvement with it. The only time I've come close to uh, having to interact with them was when we were doing a show. Um, I was feuding with Donnie Bambino, and we were to close the feud off with a street fight. Um, They ended up canning the street fight stipulation due to the fact that State Athletic Commission was kind of breathing down their neck, saying, like, no, you're not going to put that on. So that's the closest I've come to the State Athletic Commission. Other than that, it's kind of like they're not there.
1: Now you yourself are not necessarily a heavyweight wrestler. you uh, probably closer to what a cruiserweight or a junior heavyweight division would have on its roster, but you often go in there with guys your own size and close to athletic ability is the smaller cruiserweight uh, style, like with the more athletic moves and the high-flying, is that more your preferred style of wrestling, or do you like to go in there and wrestle against, like, the bigger, like, brawling types, or do you prefer to get in there with guys that do more on-the-mat technical wrestling? What is your actual preference as part of style? Um,
0: probably well, not a tough one. Um... I have some matches with people my size that I've really enjoyed, but uh, I definitely think that my favorite is stepping in there with the big boys and just showing that I can hang too. Um, speaking of Donnie Bambino, as I mentioned before, uh, I walked into that match with a little bit of chip on my shoulder. I actually ended up body slamming him, and he's a uh, he's 100 pounds over on me. So I like to test myself with uh, – the things that I can do and kind of extend my limits. But the same can also go for the smaller guys. I mean, there's a, as athletic as I can be, there's people out there that can do crazier things and it just, it makes me want to get better and that's what I get into the business for is to just keep getting better and better. As far as mat wrestling and technical wrestling, um, that's probably where I am least efficient with, but. Every time I go in there with somebody that can do that too, same thing, I I learn from them,
1: and I carry over those
0: lessons to the next match, but out of all of them, my preferred one would be stepping in there with the guys that are much bigger than me.
1: As you know, wrestling is a sport where eventually you're going to have injuries to deal with if you're in this very long. I know you're not Deep into your career yet, but have you had any injuries that you've had to overcome?
0: Um, yes, actually, the past six months I had a couple of concussions and a slight neck injury, but nothing too crazy, nothing serious. Uh, most I had to do was take uh, I think month and a half to two months off, just a little break to let it heal. Um, but as far as that, that's a the extent of it. Uh, I came into the business kind of with a bad knee, but nothing that I'd label as an injury. Quite well. Uh, it just acts up on me from time to time.
1: Now, on shows that you've done, have you witnessed any serious injuries to people in other matches, or maybe an opponent of yours had a serious injury?
0: i think back. Nothing to the point where they had to get rushed out of there. Um, I've seen just kind of minor injuries. Um, my, my one friend, his knee, uh, I think he blew out his knee, something like that. I think that's probably the worst one I've seen so far. Besides, oh, this one just came to my mind, actually. I wouldn't say it was necessarily an injury, more so a quick accident, but he was fine afterward. Uh, the dude is, it has his name, the dude, was wrestling for a promotion around the area called the Sanctuary. The ring is a little bit smaller, and he's a bit of a taller dude, so he gets thrown into the uh, turnbuckle, and he actually smacked his entire forehead off the top of the ring post, and it lacerated his uh, eyebrow. And that was a pretty nasty cut. I remember seeing that. They were worried about him, but
1: he turned out fine at the end. That's always a rough day at the office when someone gets busted open on the post, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, in your career, I know you wear face paint to the ring, and a lot of times wrestlers will have to go through experimentation with various types of paint to find out what works. Uh, Some wrestlers prefer one type of paint over the other. I've even seen a few wrestlers use actual house paint on their face because it wouldn't come off as easy when they were wrestling. What was the process for you to find what face paint worked best for you?
2: Well, first
0: of all, I have never heard of the house paint one. That is definitely intriguing. But um, I always kind of – I came into this business with uh, not a whole lot of money. So the the off-brand paints, I would experiment a little bit with those. I found out, for me personally, water-activated paint – I mean, it's it's oil paint, but it's water-activated. I like the way that flows because even though it comes off throughout the match – The way I do my paint, it kind of just looks even crazier by the end of the match, in my opinion, personally. And when it comes off on myself or on my gear or my opponent's gear, I've never had a complaint the entire year that I've been doing this. It automatically washes right out. Nobody ever has a problem. So for me personally, just... Simple off-brand
1: water-activated oil paints is the way I go. Now, another important part of everyone's wrestling profession is the wrestling gear. Of, you're going to take this serious. You need tights or trunks or a singlet, boots, pads, all of that. Do you have a set person or set people? that you go to whenever you need gear, or are you still in the process of kind of experimenting around and finding the right person to provide gear for you?
0: I'm still in the process of finding what's going to fit me personally. Um, I came in with these almost like Hot hot Topic-looking pants. They were skin-tight, black on one side, red plaid on the other, with some studs in it. And then the kick pads, which were solid black with uh, little skulls on the bottom. And then my Outcast shirt, the face paint, elbow pad, all that. Um, I started experimenting more with shorts as the weather got hotter. And just to give myself something else to wear with some, you know, when the events started adding up. I have two events in a weekend. So I experimented with these plaid shorts that were ripped up on the bottom and then it transitioned over to black denim shorts that were ripped up at the bottom. And Each time, uh, I'm not the kind of dude that's gonna go out there and look like uh, that clean cut professional guy. Uh, At least right now, not right now. Um, It kind of just, the aesthetic I've been going for is a more darker grungier style a little bit more messier um at least for the fan base that i have developed, up it's something that they they like and they've grown attached to as far as gear i'm still in the process of designing what i want as far as the finished product And once I get that full design, that's when I'm just going to go around to different gear makers. I'm going to ask my friends their recommendations. And we'll finally go down that road when we get to it. Well,
1: at this point, my coach, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by. I know Coach has questions to ask. So I'm going to pass things right over to him.
2: Hey, brothers, thanks for coming on.
0: Hey, thank you for having me.
2: Okay. Once in a while, we get people who call in with questions. And Sign Guy has assigned me as the company clerk to deal out these questions. And a longtime listener and, and Sign Guy and Chicken Bob's biggest fan, Kurt Ferris, wants to know, have you ever used a Dyson vacuum cleaner as a foreign object in a match? And if so, was it plugged in? No, I have not.
0: But the thought has crossed my mind. When I wrestled a, a guy, his name was Dyson Bennett, and the thought crossed my mind. I thought it would be hilarious, but I never got the opportunity to.
2: And yes, that match is the one they came up with the question on. Yes, exactly. Okay, so we're on the same page. All right, nice. Okay. My my first segment is called Heroes. Who was your heroes in ordinary life growing up?
0: In ordinary life? Yeah. I have to say my stepdad. That was always my hero growing up.
2: Okay, and then what about in sports?
0: Um, I was never too crazy into anything like football or baseball. For me, it was always professional wrestling, and that guy had to be Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy has
2: inspired me in more ways
0: than just professional wrestling, just to be myself.
2: Nice. Okay, and what about music? In Music,
0: um, hmm, that's a tougher one,
2: because there's a
0: lot. Uh, if I had to narrow it down to one, though, um, I am sorry for anyone who's going to be offended by this, but Andy Beersack of Black Bill Bride that's
2: my uh, the one I look up to. Okay, right on. And then I'm sure Sign Guy and the rest of the fans would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. Ooh.
0: not a big coffee guy, but I've uh, gotta say, hmm, I go to Dunkin' and i don't remember. I think it's the uh, Vanilla Bean Culatta.
2: Okay. And then what's your favorite concert you've seen?
0: I've actually never been to a live concert. I've been trying to, but it just never pans out for me.
2: Okay. Who are you looking forward to seeing?
0: I really, really want to go see Ice Nine Kills. Uh, they've actually become my favorite band in the past year and a half, I think. And I've been dying to go see them every chance I get. I'm always asking for you know
2: someone to go with me or something. Okay. And then, have you ever had any favorite sports teams? Um,
0: it was kind of a little, a little bit of a funny thing going on. Um, throughout my family, we were very divided between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers. My brother. Uh, was on the half of the Eagles and myself, my grandfather, and a few others were on the half of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: So I have to say that Okay, yeah, nice. All right, that's cool. Okay, now on to the wrestling portion. All right, what are some of the most memorable matches you've ever seen? And that includes VHS tape, TV, live, you name it.
0: Hmm.
2: There's a few, but they're all kind of different reasons. So I'm
0: going to try to figure out. Um, I'll get the biased one out of the way first. Um, Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker. Ladder match for the undisputed title right on Raw. That one was always a favorite of mine. Um, i trying to think. Uh, Undertaker Shawn Michaels. I can't even pick between the two of them at WrestleMania, 25 and 26, both just exquisite, amazing. Um, okay. Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Steel Cage. I love that one. I could go
2: on, but I guess those awesome. would be my okay. top three. <laughs> All right. And then now what are your most memorable matches you've been in or been involved with?
0: Hmm. All right. Well, I hope not a lot of my friends are listening to this because I hope I don't offend nobody by not listening to them, but I had a lot of good matches, so this is going to be a tough one. Um, Myself and Donnie Bambino, our first match together, was one of the, my favorite matches I've ever had. Uh, myself versus Sam Thompson, Samuel Thompson, um, that was – Probably my first match that I was super proud of. And then myself versus uh, Dr. Ethan Wilde. Also one of my favorite matches. And I learned an extraordinary amount of information from that match as well.
2: Cool. Okay. Who are your favorite people to work? All the the boys I trained with. Because we just
0: have... We just go back so many years Um, To list off a few, uh, Nathaniel Cunningham, Donnie Bambino, The Dude, Ricky Price, MJ Stacks. Those are uh, my favorite core people To not only work in the ring with, but to be in the locker room with as well.
2: Cool, okay. And then let me see, who are some of your your toughest opponents you faced? Toughest as in hard for me to
0: beat or tough as in they were just
2: tough people? altogether cuz you know we know in general wrestling is a work but still uh in general yeah
0: okay um there's a lot I, I honestly uh I have a hard time choosing this cuz they're all really tough um uh Ricky Price I'd put up there for sure uh his injury that I seen didn't happen in my match but I seen him basically he broke his nose and continued on with the match Um, I have wrestled him, but that injury didn't take place there. I actually wrestled him in a a match where he had one arm tied behind his back, which also showed me a lot of his toughness. Um, That's quite a few, honestly. Uh, The dude is a really tough wrestler. I've wrestled uh, Anton Nathan. His finishing maneuver, the top rope senton, that's got a that's
2: got to suck every time he does that, but he's tough, and he I give him credit for that one. Okay. I mean, and they,
0: then, uh, they're
2: all tough, but yeah. Yeah, okay. And then years ago in the Northwest, there was one of the top Northwest wrestlers was named Johnny Graham, and then we were told he moved to the Pennsylvania area. Him and his son are really good wrestlers. Have you ever heard of or seen the, John, the Graham family over there? I uh, can't say that I have, okay. but I can be on the lookout now, now that I know. Yeah, Johnny Graham. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then let's see here. What are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the business?
0: Hmm. Well, I'm going to tell people what a lot of people told me growing up or growing into the business. There's going to be a lot of times where you're going to hear from other people that you're not cut out for it, and you're going to hear it from your own head that you're not cut out for it. I didn't think I was cut out for it either at five foot six and 185 pounds. I didn't think I had the look, the body, the voice, anything. I've been doing it for a year now, and I'm in the finals for a tournament, for a championship. Don't let anybody's words convince you that you cannot do it
2: because you are the
0: only one that can stop you from doing
2: it. Nice. Okay. And then what schools would you suggest or recommend? Um, I
0: want to I recommend Backbreakers, but they're no longer a thing. Uh, my group was the last Backbreakers uh, class. They transitioned over to high ground professional wrestling, so that is an option if you're in my local area as far as um, that's a, all I can really recommend as far is what I know around my area. Um, the sanctuary is also training. Um, there's a promoter that I, go, that I see at my home company, 3WA. He runs a company called SWO. I think it is yes. They train people as well. You'll look uh, you'd have to search up Wolfman Baker on Facebook. Uh, you can find him. He trains people. He's a really nice guy. Firm but fair.
2: Um, I'd recommend any one of those. Okay, nice. And then what do you got coming up? August 26th, we have 3WA
0: and we have the finals for the Carnage Championship Tournament to, to uh, crown the first ever Carnage Champion. With myself, the dude, Nathaniel Cunningham, and Rose Gold, Rose Gold Cody Rose. Yes, his name is always a tongue twister for me. We have okay, a now. bunch of people qualify for this tournament, and this is the finals. And one of us four is going to be the first ever guy to hold up that belt on the 26th.
2: Awesome. Okay. then how do people get a hold of you? Holding me. Um, The best
0: way right now is through my Facebook. Uh, Just look up Damon Dante. You cannot miss my picture. Do it covered in face paint with white contact lenses in. That is the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, If you find that and you want to get in contact with my email, I can get you the email through there. It would just be quite a mouthful to uh, recite over the phone. It's quite a lengthy
2: email. (laughs) Okay. I mean, hey, man, I'm, I enjoyed your story, and I want to wish you all the luck of the world, and I, I'm sure Sign Guy has some more for you.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you, Coach. Well, Damon, one of the things that a lot of wrestlers have on their career goal list is wrestling in Japan. That goes back many decades now that American wrestlers saw it as... Uh, career milestone and a rite of passage to get to wrestle on a tour of Japan is getting to Japan something that you've ever thought about so far in your career? As
0: a big fan of a lot of uh, kaiju, giant monsters, and all that stuff that originated from Japan, and then finding out the wrestling in Japan, I definitely say that as something I do want to do in my lifetime. For sure.
1: A, a lot of people also have the goal of wrestling in all fifty states. Uh, some of the states are a little bit tricky because there's just not a lot of wrestling in those particular states, but if somebody has the brakes and they are a long a long time then often they can hit all fifty is. Going to all 50 of the states, something you've ever considered?
0: Um, I can't say that I sat down and contemplated doing that, but I always said I wanted to see the world. So in order to see the entire world, I'm going to have to go through every state. So I would say that inevitably it would be something I'd have to do.
1: Now, seeing the world is something... A lot of people get into the wrestling business to do because the nature of it is very travel-intensive. Sometimes people love the travel in the wrestling business, and it's part of it that they like. Other people love the actual wrestling on shows, but they don't like to travel very much. They don't like leaving their hometown very much. Some people have it both ways, and they both love and hate the travel aspects of it. Where do you stand as far as the actual traveling for wrestling this far in your career?
0: Personally, I've always loved it. Um, whether it's solo or whether it's with my group of friends, which I would prefer, to be honest. We used to have a blast. Um, just uh, yesterday, we were traveling... It was an hour and a half, so it's not a very long travel at all. But um, we are just putting on 80s rock and blasting it out the window, singing along at the top of our lungs. I mean, where else in any business do you get the chance to do that? Uh, That's just, you build friendships, you grow close to people. And when you're doing it on your own as well, you get a lot of chance to self-reflect. You get a lot of chance to really just find who you are, so as far as the travel, it's something I've
1: always loved. Oh, for yourself, being sort of young in the business, I'm sure you have seen examples where veterans that have been around for well over 10 years that have wrestled hundreds, if not thousands of matches will offer advice, offer critiques, uh, answer questions, that type of thing for younger wrestlers. Do you have that go-to veteran on shows where you're usually wrestling that is your veteran that you want to go to if you need advice or if you want someone to watch your match and critique it? I don't
0: necessarily think I have a go-to. But I kind of, um, at least for the company, my home company, 3WA, we're all kind of a big family. We all want to see each other succeed, which is an amazing thing to have in in this business. So I don't necessarily have a go-to. I can kind of just go to any one of the vets, and each one will have a different perspective on it, which really helps me because then the doors are open to learn all these different things as opposed to going to one person. With, the, with their one mentality and perspective. Because wrestling, it's a blend of a million different styles, and everybody has their own cup of tea with it. So to learn and pick, pick from each person's brain, that's what I truly think is amazing about it, and that it's helped me in this entire year I've been doing it.
1: Now, at this point in your career, have you had any matches – Against wrestlers that, whether they're considered a veteran or not, they've had the national TV exposure, whether it's been guys that had contracts that uh, did not extend or guys that did extra work and appeared on TV with some of the bigger names, anybody like that that you've wrestled? No, I haven't had
0: the chance for that yet. Um, I've shared locker with them, but as far as matches with them, it just hasn't been in the stars for me yet.
1: I'm sure it will come for you, no doubt. Now, the sense of etiquette in wrestling has changed a little bit in the last couple of years, there was a time in pro wrestling where if somebody that had been on national TV was on a show, it was thought that everyone on the roster should sort of leave that wrestler alone, not bother them, not ask for pictures or anything like that. In the last couple of years, a lot of people have challenged that and think that there's nothing wrong with asking for a picture with the guy from TV because that's going to be the way they remember their career years and years down the line and remember having worked on a show with that particular person. Where do you stand as far as the etiquette when there's a guy on a show with you that is a big star from TV? Do you interact with them very much or do you, tend to leave them alone or a little
0: bit of both, depending on who it is? I kind of, I read the room a little bit and um, always keep it in a respectful manner. Even if it is, you know, a bigger star, at the end of the day, they're still people just like us. Um, It'd be the same thing, in, in my eyes, it'd be the same thing as one of my friends coming up to me and wanting to take a picture to remember the moment. That's the way I look at it. Um, you just always be respectful about it. If they're going over their match or if they're you know, trying to get their gear on, obviously you wouldn't want somebody doing that when you're in the middle of it. If we're taking down the ring and they're kind of just you know, laughing and having a good time, maybe you get your opportunity, maybe not, but you also just got to remember that they're people and you view it the way... Put yourself in their shoes. If you were doing currently what they were doing, would you be pleased if somebody came up to you with the the same intentions you have to do to them? So if you want a picture with them, how would you feel if you were in the middle of doing something and somebody came up to get a picture with you? With that mentality, it makes opportunities to do that a lot more clearer and you can behave in a much more respectful way.
1: One of the ways that wrestlers make their money, especially at the independent level, is by merchandise sales. A lot of wrestlers will actually make several times more than their wrestling pay on merchandise at various shows. Uh, Some people take a lower rate because they know they're going to make it up in sales. It just depends on the individual wrestler and how aggressive they are in marketing themselves. Do you currently offer much merchandise available at shows to sell to the fans? I do have have a site
0: open um t public t-e-e public uh that has four designs for merchandise in which you can get on shirts, hats you know you name it hoodies as far as in hand product that i don't have currently but i will spend some time um like i said when i enter the business I'm not a guy with a whole lot of money so it's all just a process it's only the first year of my career but if you are interested in purchasing merch in any way, shape, or form, go to tpublic, uh, t e public uh, My username on there would be Damon Dante, and which you'll find four different designs.
1: Now, we both know that if a wrestler can sell something to a fan, they most likely are going to try it. I've seen a wide variety of different items on merchandise tables that you wouldn't necessarily expect to see at a wrestling show. I've seen everything from phone stands to juice boxes to uh, paper fans, all kinds of things. A, A wrestler can put his logo on it. They'll usually try to sell it. What's the strangest item you've seen a fellow wrestler trying to sell? Strangest.
0: Um, well, I can tell you the sort of the strangest, I guess most out-of-pocket, and then I can tell you the most awesome thing I've seen. Uh, for the most out-of-pocket one, my friend actually sells uh, these little sunglasses, which I don't really see too often as far as merchandise tables. Uh, it's not super strange, but like I said, it stands out when the rest is all kind of like shirts and 8 by 10s and whatnot. The most awesome thing that I've seen, though, is um, these, uh, I think they're about 6 or 7 inches tall, like wrestling buddies. So, like, they're little plushies designed to look like the old wrestling buddies they had in the WWF and all that stuff. I've always wanted to get one of those made personally because I thought they were really cool, really artistic something awesome for the kids
1: to use. Now you've been on enough shows at this point to have noticed that the actual physical rings that promoters have can vary quite a bit. Uh, the size of them can differ anywhere from a 20-foot ring down to the occasional 14-foot ring. Some have real ropes. Some have cables. Some use uh, steel chains as the under cables. Some of them just use uh, cables. There's a lot of variances. Uh, Some of them are more forgiving than others in the middle of the ring. Some of them have a more amplified sound than others. Do you have a personal... Favorite physical ring in which you wrestle?
0: Um, I want to say the Backbreaker's one was always going to be biased to me because it's the one I trained in for three years. It's the one I really got to know. Um, it was a training ring, so the ropes and all that stuff were a bit lower than the average ring, which is perfect for a guy who's five foot six. But um currently, my my favorite wing is for my home promotion, 3WA. The ropes are a lot taller. The, um, the bump is wonderful. Uh, some people will say otherwise, but I personally think the bump is wonderful. The sound is significant, especially in the building that they keep it in. Um, I've had a lot of crazier bumps on that one, including the uh, Tower of Doom in which I was on top, and uh, I felt absolutely fine. Oh, nothing. Um, I wrestled in a low boy before. That one was most certainly interesting. I would say that's probably my least favorite one. Um, I'm not sure particularly on the uh, dimensions of the 3WA ring, but it's uh, elevated for a dude like me when you get onto the ropes and those ropes are elevated and you're jumping off of them, I mean, you're in the air for quite a lot of time, And it just gives you a lot of time to really prepare how you're going to land. You look out in the crowd, see who's really invested. You just get all this time to do everything like that in the flash of a moment, too. So that's personally my
2: favorite. One of the
1: more important parts of a pro wrestling show is the role of the referee. Uh, They are capable of helping a match look a little bit better than it is when needed. If they do not know what they're doing, then they can make a good match worse than it should be. Especially at the independent level, there's a wide difference in the skill and experience levels Some promoters will just hand a referee shirt to somebody off the street practically and ask them to referee the show without any real training at all. Other promoters only use referees that have experience and have been trained at reputable schools. There's a wide variety. Who are some of the referees that you've worked with that you most enjoy?
0: Most enjoyed, I would say, Lance Marshall. Uh, worked with him in a few different promotions. He's wonderful. Um, Frank, I I am trying to pick up his name, his last name, but uh, it's not Knox, which oh, starts with an S, I'm sorry. He has the uh, long hair, kind of beard, he's taller. He's always a character. I love working with him. Wonderful person outside of the referee job, too. Both ones are listed off extremely professional. They really know how to do their, uh, their job. They're trained really well. Um, there's been a few others. It's just names are really drawing a blank right now, and I'm trying my best not to butcher them too bad.
1: Now, without naming any names or throwing anyone under a bus or anything like that, has there been situations in your career where a referee was in the way of your match and you had to work around what the referee was doing wrong?
0: Oh yeah. Like I said, like you said, not gonna name name <laughs> not going name the match, nothing like that. All I'll say is I have had to with situations where their job was to count the pin and I was getting annoyed that they were but I think the crowd was even more annoyed than I was that they weren't. Um, I'll just leave it at that. That is an experience I've definitely seen.
1: One of the other roles that often gets underappreciated is that of the ring announcer. They're the face of the company as far as what the fans see. They are responsible for keeping the energy of the show going so fans don't uh, become complacent and not into the action. They are responsible for telling the fans where and how to spend their money so the promotion can profit. They tell them where concessions and merchandise can be found, how to follow on social media. They let the fans know who is wrestling who so the names are familiar to them, things like that. Who are some of the better ring announcers so far?
0: We kind of have one right now that goes around in a lot of different companies because he's very reputable, has a, he's very professional, does his job really well. He goes by the uh, alias Carolina Gym. So if you're in my area, you probably immediately know who Carolina Jim is very good at his job, very easy to understand, never stumbles, Pronunciate. pronunciation is always on key, he knows how to read the room. Uh, definitely if you're in the area looking for a ring announcer, you have my recommendation, Carolina Jim, all the way.
1: And we know that one of the more I don't want to necessarily say underappreciate it, but one of the more uh, difficult jobs in pro wrestling oftentimes is that of the booker. Uh, they are everybody's favorite if the wrestlers are being used how they want to be used and making money. They are vilified if a wrestler is not where they want to be in their career. It's awfully Uh, thankless at times booking is something that most wrestlers at some point in their career will either attempt or at least give thought of attempting just to see if they can make it work and have that creative outlet themselves have you ever thought to eventually booking shows
0: Um, I'd say, yeah, the thought has crossed my mind, but, um, I definitely want to get a lot more experience in this business before I ever contemplate taking the next step of actually trying it. The reason that I thought about it is because, um, I'm very story based in my wrestling. I'm not the kind of guy that, in, that enjoy, well, I enjoy, but I'm not the kind of guy that, picks out first and, oh, this match has all this uh, crazy athleticism in it. I'm more the one that's like, oh, this match has an insane story to it. So I always thought about that when contemplating what booking would be like for myself and all the stories I could tell with so many different characters to use. And plus I write and um, I make different other kinds of videos, uh, just as side gigs, which all involve story. The stop motions and all this stuff. So I always thought about it, but um, yeah. You know, until I get more experience, knowing what kind of characters we have around the area and in the independent level. For now, it's just going to be a thought. Now,
1: what are the other aspects of professional wrestling that? People will try at some point in time or another is promoting their own show, Uh, whether they hire out a booker to do that part for them or not, uh, just running the show, being the man in charge is something a lot of people will give an attempt to, whether it's for one time or doing it long term. Have you ever had a dream of actually running your own shows?
0: I'm going to say no on that one. Um, I just think that's part of the business that I'm not necessarily interested in being a part of. If it came down to it and the opportunity was given, I think, sure, it would be a cool experience to try. But to go out of my way to do that for myself, I just don't think it's something that I would enjoy as much as actually just doing the wrestling itself and maybe one day booking, but just running a whole show. I think I'd stress myself out too much. I'm going to be honest with you.
1: It is definitely not for everybody. I promise that. We're down to the last several minutes of the show And I want to make sure you have ample time If there's anything you would like to say to the listeners If you want to plug and promote absolutely anything and everything From social media to merchandise to upcoming appearances To your favorite comic book shop Anything at all that you would like floor is yours Well, I'm
0: not going to plug myself You've heard enough of me what I am going to cross is some of the best wrestlers we have in this area, and please, please do yourself a favor and look them up and enjoy the quality of matches and athleticism and storytelling that these guys have to offer. I listed off a few before, Nathaniel Cunningham, Donnie Bambino, Ricky Price, The Dude, MJ Stacks, Sam Thompson. Uh, the list goes on. Uh, Roadblock, Autumn Breeze. Valerie Berman, um, Trace Parker, Tom Mitchell, there's just so many. If, If you get the chance, please just indulge yourself in the new generation of wrestlers that's coming up in this area, because I promise you, knowing them inside and outside the ring, they're the most wonderful people that I've ever come across in my entire 25 years of existence. That is where I want to take my time to plug in and
1: get all of their names out there. Well, Damon, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I want to wish you the very best of luck in all the upcoming matches you're going to have. I know you're just getting started, so hopefully we will see you for years and years and years to come.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And the opportunity was a blessing.
1: Yeah, very awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. You're always welcome back. Fans, if you've not checked him out, get on the YouTube, look up Damon Dante. Very, very good young competitor. He's doing well. I think you're going to see a lot more of him as he goes deeper into his career. But, Coach, I know you have some plugs to make before we wrap this up.
2: Yeah, you guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out The Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. And every Saturday at noon Pacific, you guys can check out the, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast at noon Pacific. And a lot of times I'll have Sign Guy join me just like he did yesterday with Bruiser Joe. That was a great show. Thank you, Sign Guy.
1: Absolutely, always good to talk to Bruiser Joe
2: Yeah, and then I got my schedule right here next week Very controversial, Ron Von Hess on the 29th He's got a lot to get off his chest, he says So I'm not sure how much of an interview that's going to be But I'm definitely going to try to force an interview out of him in the, While he gets stuff off his chest So, <laughs> And then on August 5th, I got Nikki Sixx of the Suicide Kings August 12th, I got the Nice Man Hank Miller. August 19th, I got the guys from Seattle Sports Union, Abe and the Soul Man. And on August 26th, I got YT Jones out of Alaska. And I'm currently working on my September schedule, which is hopefully going to include Ken Hamlin and some others. So thank you guys so much for your love and support and feedback. We appreciate it so much. And thank you, Cyan and QT and, and JD from Turnbuckle Tomorrow.
1: Alright, and fans, don't forget you can find myself and Chicken Bob on all the usual social medias. The sign of the times up on the YouTube right now, episode 589. You can join us next week on Friday. We are going to have Sheikh Admir out of Gouge. One week from this very day, we will be back. Guest to be determined still. Dotting some I's, crossing some Ts to see if we get the scheduled guest or if he has to reschedule. But keep an eye on the social medias. We will update that as soon as we get word. Either way, and then in the next week, Christian uh, Dallaire will be joining us on the fourth, and then on August sixth, the return after a long absence on this show of Jay Eagle out of the great state of South Carolina, a very, very long time veteran. So make sure you join us for all of that. If you have wrestling near you, get out there and support all the wrestling that you can. Buy some merchandise, buy some tickets. Everybody stay safe out there, and we will talk to you soon.
2: Alright, everybody, you know who it is. Coach Mike Jones, I'm the coach with the most, coming at you hard from coast to coast. I don't wanna boast, but now I gotta rescue you in my social media posts. You double dose, a You feeling tired? Life inspired, Now you're a ghost. I'll be your host, so won't you raise a toast to the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones? never were